Listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This is a podcast where we friends get together virtually until safe to do otherwise and talk about horror movies. We're going to talk about some recently watched, which we may spoil. We're going to talk about a featured attraction, which we're totally going to spoil, so be ready for that. Uh, we're going to be talking about The Shed. Uh, I think you're going to like this 2019 horror movie. Maybe you won't. Don't know. We'll talk about it. Uh, we thank the Moonrays for giving us that song intro creature features at the top of the show. You can find their music on Apple Music or the Amazon, where you can buy it digitally. Yeah, I think Amazon. Sure. Uh, say hello to them on Facebook, where they are the Moon Rays. You can find us as Chewing the Scenery on Facebook or other stuff like I don't know Instagram. Sure, why not? Uh, not really good at the social media during political times, kind of staying away from it. I don't know if you guys are, are kind of avoiding the, the... I haven't been on Facebook for more than a year. I, I'm glad to hear that because it's wretched. Jolien, I know you're, you're pretty good about not engaging idiots, but... Yeah, I just, I never do if I agree with them or not, uh... I don't post anything apart from art and uh, I give it 15 minutes and then I'm off. That's, that's pretty that good. That keeps me sane. Yeah. <laughs> I, go, I usually go on Monday night just after midnight, right after the episode is uploaded and post to our Chewing the Scenery Facebook sub page, which is off of my personal page, I guess. And I'm out. I can't do it. I can't do it. Just going to leave it alone. Yeah. And hopefully there'll be some taunting in a few weeks that we can be doing, but, uh, without saying where I stand on issues, I'm looking forward to some taunting. Uh, we made a coloring <laughs> book. I should probably say that. Okay. If you go to, yeah. if you want to see what we three did, I'm, I'm Richard and I'm here with Will Hello. and Jolian and we and made, Lily. And Lily, yes, Jolien brought her dog to the show. Uh, we made a Plan 9 from Outer Space coloring book. So if you want to see this thing, some sample pages are up. Just go to plan9coloringbook.com. That's plan, the number nine, coloringbook.com. And if you click shop now or whatever the button says, it'll click you through to Etsy where you can easily buy it, either as an Etsy user or a guest. It's easy to do either way nothing special required and I'll send you extra stuff. I keep saying that and I keep doing that. So buy a coloring book or two or five. We are happy to see our coloring books go to people who like to color or don't color. I mean, you can do whatever you want after you own it. Right. Yeah. So that being said, that being the housekeeping recently watched, Will, are you watching anything? 
not a lot. Um, I have watched, I'll, I'll include last week since I missed last week's show. Um, let's see if I can remember all of these things I've watched. I watched a Amazon series called Utopia um, 2020. Uh, this is a remake of a British show. I've not seen the British show, although I've heard it's quite good. Um, is there ever an action by a character in a show that they take that you go, I can't get behind them after that point? Is there something a hero yeah. can do that is so reprehensible that it colors the whole show? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. This show is is a big example of it. Um, that said, I watched all eight hours of it in one day, so, you know, um, it was entertaining in some ways. Uh, and then this action, uh, the main character kills somebody who, uh, she's supposed to be the hero. I mean, I don't have a problem with heroes killing people, but I do have a problem with heroes killing innocent people um it was thrown in to be a shock i believe and that's it didn't um it didn't do anything it didn't go anywhere um i'm gonna check out the original we'll see if it's any better um unfortunately that's not available legally so i had to download it um because amazon decided you should only be able to watch their version um, let's see what else. Reprehensible. Yeah. Reprehensible, Will. Reprehensible. <laughs> the podcast uh, can't continue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then I watched, let's see, uh, memories kind of fuzzy. Uh, I watched The Invisible Man, uh, 2020. This came out earlier this year with Elizabeth Moss. Because you got the you got the HBO. I got the HBO. Unfortunately, I can't seem to watch uh, Raised by Wolves. Why not? This is some HBO Max bullshit. I don't understand it. It appears to be available somehow. I don't know. I don't know how you watch this show. I've heard it's good. I've heard good things about it. Not been able to watch it. Um... Anyway, Invisible Man 2020. This uh, this movie cost $7 million to make, which is pretty impressive. I think they spent most of it on Elizabeth Moss. I wish they had written a better story. She's great. Um, kind of an interesting take in that she's being stalked by the Invisible Man instead of being a, I don't know, invisible herself or being, a, from his point of view, uh that was kind of interesting, but good God, what a dumb fucking plot. Uh, just a <laughs> stupid script. There, there is something that happens in the movie. I don't want to give too much away, although it's very predictable. There is not one thing that happens in the movie that you didn't see coming. Ironic. Man movie. Um, <laughs> it's very transparent in its plot. Oh, totally transparent <laughs> in its plot. Um, yeah, there's there's a uh, there's something that happens that you're just left wondering, like, wait, what? Where? What? 
how did that happen? How did that work in the end? Um, it needed a it needed a couple script rewrites. Um, I watched a couple episodes of Lovecraft Country. Uh, still excellent. I highly recommend it. Um, they had a little uh, national treasure kind of Indiana Jones sort of episode where they go into a, a hidden tomb underneath the Boston Museum and uh, it shouldn't have worked for an hour long TV show but it was really entertaining um, uh, you get to see the longest board in the world I won't explain anymore <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, good show I recommend it uh, let's see what else did I watch uh, you all done with the Star Treks? No, we're still watching Star Treks. Okay. Haven't watched... Well, I watched a couple... The last couple days, but there had been, you know, two weeks with no Star Treks. Uh, uh, I think Discovery Season 3 starts this week. Oh, we're way... We're way before that. <laughs> mm. We're still in the next generation, so we haven't even gotten to I remember wa- watching that in the first... First couple of seasons were pretty dull, uh, but once uh, once Riker has a beard, it gets better. Definitely, and it, it builds up to that the uh, where they're facing the Borg, and it's just great. Yeah, the, yeah. The Borg I episodes were... are the best. What? The Borg episodes are the best, right? Yeah, they're pretty good. Um, I think watching the show now, like I had said before, I've uh, I've watched it here and there over the years, but uh, not super close. Not like when it first came out. So this is pretty much a just a uh, straight rewatch. It's been years and years. Um, I think I enjoy watching it now as a show more as as a TV show. I'll say as a watching it. For the you know the uh, the set design and the uh, how clever they are with like redoing sets, you're like okay, I've seen this uh, courtyard eight times now, eight different planets, and yet they've done something different every time. <laughs> um, things like that, you know, uh, I think I enjoy a lot more than than the actual like stories themselves. Uh, I enjoy quite a few of the episodes, but there are some real clunkers. I've also noticed they uh, they team they team there they seem to leave threads dangling. They're just kind of in the episode that I didn't notice before. Things that don't they, I mean they don't bother you, but if you stop and you think you go, hey wait, what about someone so from or you know such and such from the beginning of the episode? They never cleared that up. Just we're supposed to assume they, you know, they do at some point. Um, they do. So anyway, that. I've enjoyed watching it a lot more as just a as a TV show artifact than you know than the show itself. Um, let's see what else have we watched? Felt like I watched a whole series of bad things and then got kind of burnt out and haven't <laughs> done my my uh, thirty one for thirty one. Um, the Invisible Man really pissed me off. Uh, <laughs> uh, even though watching it, I wasn't pissed off. Watching it, I was just merely like, hmm, this is kind of 
adult. Uh, um, what else did I watch? Oh, I watched uh, three seasons of Girls because I'd never finished that series up. So uh, I like Lena Dunham. Um, I think she's pretty funny. Millennial Seinfeld, I'd say. Um, and I give her props for getting naked in just about every episode and being horribly unattractive. Yeah, it's it's the, it's the awkward nudity every freaking episode. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> it's it's fantastic. <laughs> I think more ugly people need to get nude on the screen. Uh, which uh, don't look at me. Remind <laughs> me. Remind me uh, of uh, uh, to bring up the Shad when we talk about the Shad, because I watched another movie called The Shad as well. Okay. By, by accident? And the reason I bring it up is because it won the award for best nudity. <laughs> I don't quite know how you get an award for best nudity, but uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously there's good nudity, bad nudity, but best nudity seems like... What, what does the award look like? I don't know. Good question. Kind of novelty salt and pepper shakers. <laughs> right. Uh, and I think that's probably it. I think I watched a couple other movies, but I can't remember them right now, and they were no good. So, so I have a question: when you run out of uh-huh. when you run out of Star Treks, um, does it count if you start watching like Star Trek porn parody? <laughs> I mean, if you yeah. want if you want to complete your Star Trek viewing, do you have to watch all of those too? Yes. Okay. Because I wondered if they ex- <laughs> if they exist, and I just looked. Yeah, they do. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yes, there was a rumor in high school that uh, the the Trekkie. We won't mention her name. Uh, my high school. Uh, this was someone who spoke Klingon fluently. Wow. This was. I mean, how would you know? <laughs> right. Because she wanted to speak Klingon with me. She wanted me to learn no, Klingon. She was fluent, or not just clearing clearing a throat. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, she evidently had a a Star Trek porn. We always wondered what was on that. Um, we thought it was Klingons, but I don't remember if that was ever substantiated or anything. <laughs> uh, yeah. High school rumors, man. You, you can't believe them. Oh, I think you uh, should believe we, them all. <laughs> when we can uh, exchange things again, I've got the original series and uh, the Discovery series I can lend to you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Have you the, watched uh, the, the original, uh, original series? Is on Prime uh, and whatnot. So we should okay. have started with that. I wish we had, but for whatever reason, we started with the next. So yeah, we're going from there. I had I had watched the original series. Mm, it's been eight or nine years now, but I watched them not too too long ago, all the way through. So I wish they had the. Uh, I don't know if your set has the uh, the original special effects. That they redid all the effects. Yes, it has that as an option. Yeah, good. 
dropped out here. I don't know what's happened to my image. Your your uh, your darkness. Yeah, yeah. We, we can hear you, but we can't see you. But uh, you know, yeah, there are worse things. So I think that covers most of what I watched. I can't think of the other. I watched a couple other horror movies that were just not very good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Jolien, what have you watched recently, like uh, since last show? Uh, we finished watching uh, Return of Ultraman. Yeah. Um, nice. Which is the fourth uh, series proper of the Ultra franchise. Uh, so this is the 1970-71 series. Uh, and uh, gets, gets back to basics. And it's, uh, yeah, it was very good. Uh, very enjoyable show. Um, all right, I'll go through these in order of watching them. I uh, watched uh, Sea Fever um, from last year. Uh, it's uh, directed by Nisa Hardiman. I think it's her first uh, feature film. She's done TV. Uh, this, this is an Irish uh, movie. Um, you've got a marine biology student named Siobhan who uh, joins a fishing crew which heads out into the Atlantic and uh, they really need to get a big catch. And uh, so it builds up this atmosphere of uh, the dangers of sea, the superstitions of the sea, and how desperate everyone is to get something. Um, and it's a, it's, it's a good mixed crew. It's like there's a diverse bunch of people, but they will have to get along. Uh, anyway, um, it's the captain, uh, Gerard, who's played by Doug Ray Scott, uh, takes them into a an exclusion zone because he's, uh, his sonar has picked up a, something big out there. And, uh, uh, but, uh, he hasn't told the others that he's going into an exclusion zone. So they're out there and they're not supposed to be there and something really weird happens. And, uh, uh, uh it involves a creature. Um, but then, uh, after that's, uh, kind of attacked the, ship um it becomes more of an infection story um and they're all trapped in this like little uh, fishing boat um uh, i found the second half the uh the kind of momentum and the build-up of tension drains a bit because it doesn't keep amping it up like it did in the first half uh but it, it's still interesting you know maybe i, I was just uh, expecting it to keep ramping up so uh what's it called uh, uh, sea fever. Sea fever. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I, I liked uh, I like the people. I like the uh, the cast. Uh, Siobhan is played by Hermione uh, Caulfield. Um, so you've got two veterans of the Mission Impossible series in this film. Um, uh, so. Uh, yeah, I, and I liked having a, uh, a scientist and an engineer as uh, heroes uh, in the story in, instead of just the kooky side characters because uh, they're having to figure out how to deal with all the things that are uh, uh, afflicting them. Uh, and then the creature returns in the last uh, 15 minutes or so. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is worth watching. It's, uh, it's a Belgian, French, Irish, Swedish co-production. Excellent. Um, one of those Euro deals that are going to be more common um, in the future. But uh, yeah, it's well shot, well acted. Uh, interesting. I couldn't tell what was going to happen next. Um, yeah, it's cool stuff. Um, 
It's mostly uh, Yvonne, not like the weirdest spelled name you've ever seen. Oh, totally. <laughs> I still um, don't know how to pronounce so, yeah, it I when I see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when you uh, see it written, yeah. Her, her case is uh, S I O B H A N. Yeah. Yeah. You thought it was, uh, and you thought Sean was weird, spelled S E A N, and then this yeah. comes along. Yeah. Um, so, also watched uh, Bloodshots from this year. Uh, this is okay, one of the last movies to come out theatrically. Van Damme movie? Uh, yeah, it's uh, Vin Diesel. Oh, oh. Vin Diesel. Sorry. Same thing. Uh, one of the other V muscle guys. Uh, this is directed by David uh, S.F. Wilson. And I think it's his feature debut. Um, so Vin Diesel is a superhuman juggernaut um, who turns into a even more superhuman juggernaut. <laughs> uh, Bloodshot is a comic series from uh, Valiant. And uh, he's, he's a guy who looks like the Punisher, but with the Japanese flag on his chest. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I read a bunch of these comics because I was doing uh, like a, a cover for him a year ago. But um, uh, he's, he's more interesting than, than just that because uh, uh, there's a twist um, which comes about halfway through the movie, uh, but it makes his character much more interesting in the comics um, where he's... Uh, uh, he goes on missions, he kills a bad guy, uh, he goes back to his base to be re-energized uh, uh, because his his uh, his blood has been replaced by nanites so that he can he can repair himself uh, for uh, you know, quite a high level of injury and he can also plug into electronic systems and computer systems. So like Jason um, X. But, sorry? So like Jason X. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, but the the twist in the comic is like he comes back from a mission and uh, they they you know make sure he's repaired and recharged. But uh, what they're actually doing is giving him a new set of memories. So each mission he goes out on, he thinks it's like this personal vendetta where he's going to knock off this bad guy who did him wrong, like killed his wife or whatever. Yeah. But that's all a program. Oh. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. yeah um, so I enjoyed the comics better. Uh, the movie's kind of meh. <laughs> uh, yeah, Vin Diesel doesn't look excited about it at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's, he's pretty flat, and the uh, uh, it's, it's one of those movies. It's like one of those uh, Bulgarian movies where it's pretending to be somewhere else, but it's like nowhere. It's an anonymous mix of uh, different things. Uh, there's this chase scene in London, which is like ridiculous. Like nowhere, lo- not none of it looks like London. <laughs> uh, the, the number plates are wrong, the buildings are wrong, the accents are, you know, strictly Dick Van Dyke. Oh um, God! It's uh, London's on the coast somehow. Um, ah, and they moved it. It was actually filmed in South Africa and Hungary in the Czech Republic. You know, why they can't do a chase scene in Johannesburg, I don't know. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and, and the, the rules are inconsistent. Uh, it's a, 
yeah, I, I found uh, like the the climax has got some really embarrassingly bad uh, CG in it. Mm. And, uh, they have the unfortunately they they slow down the action for these super slow fighting scenes, and it's just painful. <laughs> um, but in, anyway, it's got uh, so it's, you've got Vin Diesel in there. Uh, Isaac Gonzalez and uh, Guy Pearce. Um, yeah, it was all right. I watched it to the end. Uh, <laughs> I also watched uh, uh, Gretel and Hansel, which came out this year. Oh, that was uh, Oz Perkins directed. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that, uh, if you, I mean, if you like The Witch, this is really good. Yeah, you should check this one out. Um, this is it's got like a mushroom tripping scene like in midsummer but without all the special effects <laughs> anyway um this stars uh, sophia lillis who was beverly in the it uh films and uh, alice krieg as uh, as the witch of course nice uh, it's, so it's basically the uh, the old uh, hansel and gretel story but concentrating on gretel um uh, filmed in ireland uh looks great uh it's got, you know, witches with pointy hats. Uh, there's a witch who says, what a world. Uh, it's got cool architecture. Um, uh, it's got, uh, it, you know, again, like uh, his, his previous films, like uh, The Black Coat's Daughter, it, it's really languid pace, probably even slower. Um, I've seen some criticisms of it where they said uh, uh, there's more atmosphere than a deep plot in this movie. And uh, which, which makes me wonder, you know, what what genre they think they're watching, right? You know, do they watch a musical and complain that it keeps stopping so that Fred Astaire can move his feet around in a rhythmic manner? Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, I really like this one. I don't want to give it away. Um, yeah, I won't say any more about that. I recommend that one. Um, yeah, I saw it in DVD. I don't know if it's on any streaming yet. But uh, yeah, you should check that one out. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay. Here's one I really didn't like. Uh, Black Christmas 2019. <laughs> Have you seen that one? So it's another Blumhouse one, like uh, Invisible Man. No. Uh, no. So like like that uh, like that movie. If you watch the trailer, I don't know about the Invisible Man, but if you watch the trailer for Black Christmas, the entire movie is not a trailer; it's just a summary. Uh, yeah, a it's just a recap of, of the entire thing. Seriously, so it's a supercut where you just take out everything. Yeah, yeah, okay. It shows you who the killers are, shows you what's going on, shows you the oh. surprise bits. Uh, you don't need to see the movie, really. Cool. Um, it's really diagrammat- diagrammatic and dull. Um, it's got the worst fake snow I've ever seen or seen in a long, long time. Uh, it looks more like someone's like hosed the uh, set down in riot foam just before they did a shoot. It's all like greasy and I can see these big globs of it dripping off the trees. <laughs> uh, it's awful. Uh, you know, it, the, the ideas behind the story, uh, you know, if you see the poster and you get the, uh, 
like the one-liner about what the, the plot is. You know, uh, you have sorority taking on this uh, black magic fraternity. Uh, you know, and it promises a, a lot of uh, female vengeance and, uh, you know, taking down the, like, Brock Peters, Steubenville type jocks, you know. Um, I wanted to see that movie. Uh, that's not what this movie achieves. Um, it's uh, it just tells you stuff, and uh, in t instead of showing it and dramatizing it, um, th th there's no emotional impact to it. Um, it's just, uh, and there's these horrible, like there's these two long scenes which are just exposition. It's just painful. Um, it's just telling you what's going on um, when you're written out. Um, his, uh, it, it's kind of like uh, the Spiral film we watched last week um, where it, it kind of lets off the, uh, you've got the story about uh, fighting bigotry um, but the bigots are let off because uh, they're actually possessed by an evil force right. doing it uh, which undermines the whole point of the story I think um, yeah. It, uh, the ending, which uh, is in the trailer, as I as I say, uh, the uh, the heroes have discovered that the um, there's uh, there's this evil stuff that's getting into the fraternity, and uh, they destroy that, and then they lock the fraternity in their hall. And they've set it on fire. Um, so, as far as I could gather, the people inside the fraternity have been freed of this evil, but the heroes kill them anyway. Oh, huh. I don't know how that that's supposed to work. Um, so, uh, yeah, I uh, didn't like this one. Um if you want to see good ones about uh, you know, women fighting uh, a bad faculty, then watch uh, Satan's School for Girls. Or uh, if you want to watch uh, women fighting slashes, then watch just about any slasher movie. But uh, yeah, this one was uh, really dislike this one. Um, I was very disappointed that they uh, they took that concept and then just made this dull movie out of it. But uh, anyway, that's uh, that's my viewing. Ah. <clears throat> well, recently watched for me. First, I have to ask, which is supposed to be the crappy one, Exorcist 2 or Exorcist 3? 2. Okay, good. Okay. Because uh, I watched Exorcist 3, and I didn't dislike it, other than the pacing felt... Uh, I don't know how to explain it. Not slow because nothing was happening. Slow because the stuff that was happening kept happening and happening and happening. And I love George C. Scott as an actor, but give him stuff to do, you know, hit whatever it is and move on. But there were some scenes, a lot of them, that uh, they, they were just a, a bit much to keep dealing with for how long they went on when you get the point earlier and it just kind of dwells. Uh, this one came out in 1990 
It was written and directed by William Peter Blatty. It was the third movie in the film series. And of course, there's plenty of things that bear the name Exorcist that aren't related to the original author or the director. Uh, This one is, um, let's see, I'll just give you the blurb. It's set 17 years after the original film. It ignores the events of the second film, which is supposed to be terrible. Uh, It follows a character from the first film, Lieutenant uh, Kinderman, who investigates a series of demonic murders in Georgetown, where the famous steps are that the priest falls down and dies, uh, that have the hallmarks of the Gemini killer, a deceased serial killer. Uh, Blatty uh, based aspects of the Gemini killer on the real-life Zodiac killer. Duh. Very apparent as you watch it. One of the several killers who enjoyed the original Exorcist, by the way. Uh, this just kind of does what it wants until it's over. Uh, it, it's, it's not going to really blow your mind, but it's a, it's a fun ride that should be 20 minutes shorter. So I, um, this is, people often point to the, there's this jump scare in this movie, which people often point to as one of the greats. Did that get you? Was it uh, the one with the giant scissors? No, I don't want to give it away. I don't want to give it away. Okay, okay. But, uh, <laughs> I, there's, a, there's a particular scene, at, uh, I think it's at a hospital. Yeah, I think I know the one you're talking about. Uh, um, it didn't get me. I feel like a couple things were a little surprising, but no, I don't remember getting truly, okay. truly startled. There are some uh, cool things that they do. I say it's worth a look, but it's... About 20 minutes too long. It, it, it's for just how long it dwells in certain scenes. The cast is interesting because you do get Brad Dourif, who plays the uh, Gemini Killer. And, of course, like I said, George C. Scott. You have Ed Flanders, Jason Miller. Uh, there was... I'm trying to remember which of, which of the women was the kind of creepy old nurse, but well cast... And uh, there's a, uh, a smaller bit part for Samuel L. Jackson in this movie. He's the blind, <laughs> the, he's the blind dream man. <laughs> so you won't, if you blink, you miss him. But yeah, this is totally worth a look. But just kind of, you know, buckle up. It's it's uh, it's a little bit longer than it needs to be. So that one. Um, let's see, double lover. No, let me talk about Queen of Blood first. Have you, have you seen Queen of Blood? Yes. Do you know the no. st- Do you know the story on this one, uh, Julian? <laughs> the plot? No. Well, no, the story of how it happened. Because no. they had Russian science fiction special effects. Yeah, it was some, it was some crap. Where? <laughs> let's see. Uh, the production on this. Let's see. Uh, so the director was was uh, Curtis Harrington who had made Night Tide which impressed Roger Corman and he gave him a feature film project and he's like of course I would like to do a more individual film than Queen of Blood but I couldn't get the financing however the film is entertaining and I feel I was able to say something within the context of the genre so this was the one that was made using the special effects from the Soviet film's uh, a Dream Come True and Battle Beyond the Sun. I'm not going to attempt the Russian pronunciations. And it's like, here, take this footage 
and cut it into some actors doing some stuff, make them go somewhere and do something using these ships and these special effects. And what's great is it's John Saxon. Yeah. You know, young, great looking John Saxon. And I assumed it was Italian because it seemed like it was, it was all, uh, 80 yard, but it was apparently supposed to be an English movie, but it all felt like it was dubbed. It's, uh, what's that? It might have been the Russian parts. Maybe it was, but it seemed like... I remember it that well. Yeah, even like when John Saxon was talking. Uh, it seemed okay. like, it seemed a little weird, but... Uh, uh, so what happens is an alien species contacts Earth, saying that they're journeying across the galaxy to make formal contact with humanity. Their interstellar ship crashes on Mars, and an Earth ship is dispatched to attempt a rescue. On Mars, they locate the downed spacecraft, but only a single dead... Alien humanoid is found aboard. They determine that an alien rescue shuttle left the red planet but crashed on nearby Phobos. A strange green-skinned woman is found alive aboard the shuttle's wreck. They head back to Earth. The crew begins to die, drained of their blood. So, don't be surprised that she's the one draining them of the blood. (laughs) And hilarity ensues. I'm not going to spoil it. This one, I think it was available on uh, Amazon Prime. So it's, you heard me say last episode, I love the charm of these movies from the 60s. And uh, that was, let's see, 1966. And as far as my 31 Days of Halloween, uh, from last time I told you everything all the way up to Vampire Lovers, I have since watched that. I, I don't know if I mentioned House on Haunted Hill. There's not much more to say about it. Just watch the thing. It's Vincent Price. It's in black and white. It's gorgeous. Uh, it's it's the dark old house. It's that gimmick. It it, it created that gimmick, for you could argue. Uh, so I watched House on Haunted Hill, 1959. There was Emergo for that one, wasn't it? What's that? There was Emergo where they had the skeleton. Yes. Going across. Yeah. Yeah, that was a. A great thing they did when they were promoting uh, the movie was to set it up to, they would marionette a, pup, a puppet skeleton through the movie theaters. So, so cool. Uh, and another time we'll have to talk about the Tingler and what they did for that. But let's see, I watched uh, Vampire Lovers, House on Haunted Hill, Queen of Blood, Exorcist 3, uh, which gets us to October 10th, on which I watched... Not just The Shed, which we will talk about, but Double Lover from 2017. So this one is a French film. Uh, Double Lover is about Chloe, a fragile young woman who falls in love with her psychoanalyst, Paul. A few months later, she moves in with him, but soon discovers that her lover is concealing part of his identity. Uh, The spoiler I'll give you is that he has a twin who's deviant, and she starts to see him. And that's all I'm going to say. It's beautifully shot. It is a gorgeous movie. Uh, It does keep you guessing on a few things, and it does surprise you with a couple things. I won't spoil it, but I will say if you want to watch something that'll kind of keep you going, uh, it's, it's a pretty sensual movie, but also a very kind of disturbing and scary movie in some ways. It just 
barely makes it into the horror genre for me, the way I define it. Uh, it's more of a psychological horror than it is anything else. But I recommend it, and this one is also available on uh, Amazon Prime, Prime Video. And that's my recently watched, other than The Shed. Right. Who wants to start talking about The Shed? Uh, Will, you saw two different sheds. <laughs> tell, well, us, tell us about that. I saw one and part of another. Okay, so what, what happened? I could not finish the second one. Um, well, as I said, best nudity. Uh, after watching The Shed, the one that you suggested last night, we'll call that Vampire Shed. The Vampire um, Shed. Rated R. Vampire Shed. Rated R. Yes. Uh, I saw, I was flipping through uh, Prime and I saw another movie called The Shed and it said something like one 2019's best gore, nudity, and music. I believe. <laughs> and I was like, well, we should have watched that one. Best nudity. Uh, so I, I plunked my, down my $3 and I rented this thing. Let's just say that it made Vampire Shed look like an award-winning film. Oh. <laughs> uh, I also didn't see what the nudity would have been best at. But, uh, <laughs> Most nude? Yeah. Most nude? <laughs> like there was no skin? <laughs> None at all. Just muscle. <laughs> Hellraiser 2. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't care for Vampire Shed. No? No. Where where did it where did it miss for you? Well, where do we begin? okay did you care about the characters at all no okay that's 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 i didn't like the characters yep uh i found the pacing to be just glacial um i found the acting to be subpar and uh yeah that's about it you know, funny thing is you say those things, but I could say the same things and also add, yet it exceeded my expectations. Really? <laughs> I expected nothing. Ah, uh, did you like this movie? Um, Jolene, why don't you answer that first? <laughs> uh, I, I don't mind glacial uh, progress of a film as long as it's going somewhere. Uh, it's atmospheric Um, uh, that doesn't bother me but the fact that this was taking the Little Shop of Horrors plot and stretching it like Little Shop of Horrors (laughs) he starts feeding people to it the movie is done before this movie gets around to him killing the sheriff right yeah I timed it Um, doesn't dispose of the bully until like five minutes later um, so it really dragged out an old story. Uh, the dialogue was really pat. Um, you don't win any brownie points with me for killing a dog uh, gratuitously. It was just stupid. Uh, the Yeah, I agree about the acting and uh, 
these people were supposed to be at a school which has like um, nine students in the whole school. Yeah. It's just like, obviously they've got this empty school. So you've got these like same nine people you see all the time. Uh, and, the, and the one teacher, um, uh, no one actually goes to class. <laughs> but they all, they all expect to be able to escape this small town. And do what? Are they going to go into Star Trek porn or something? <laughs> yeah, um, as a matter of fact. The, uh, the vampire is trapped in a shed, a plywood shed. He can tear the arm off a sheriff. He can tear the head off an Alsatian. But he can't get out of a plywood yeah. shed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Another, mis- another uh, classic mistake, showing a movie I'd rather be watching. So in this case, they show the terror. Mm-hmm. And they put this kind of uh, uh, video over their mouths so they can dub Dick Miller as if he's talking about vampires. Um, but yeah, I, I'd rather be watching The Terror. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't figure out what year it was. Uh, there's no cell phones in it. Right? Uh, yeah, I thought that was odd too. I couldn't figure out what year it was either. And I, I kept waiting for a cell phone, but nobody had any. So I just assumed it took place in the 90s. You kind of get that yeah, from thought, the way they're dressed, right? I thought circa 1990, because he has this fat Walkman. Right. Uh, seemed, seemed pretty bulky. Um, people were wearing plaid shirts. Uh, but, uh, but then the women were wearing, uh, they all had leggings or stretch jeans. And, uh, and the lead woman wears like a French tuck t-shirt. Uh, towards the end, which is like pretty recent. Um, So yeah, I couldn't figure out what year it was supposed to be. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You you definitely got some some cues from the wardrobe, that's for sure, but then you get conflicting cues from other wardrobe. Yeah. I noticed that too. Um, So yeah, I didn't think yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't keen on it. Sorry. No, it, it's fine. You didn't. You didn't make it, <laughs> right? Uh, Richard didn't make it. He didn't care. No, you know what's funny is like I I read the I read the blurb, I watched the preview, and I said, guys, let's watch this. And then I watched it, and it had my attention. It uh, I will say, although there were some, I feel like the pacing was a little uneven, and I could see a bunch of flaws. As far as, like you said, for example, they go to the school, but there's no accountability to be to class. There's no shots of them actually being in class. It just seems like that's sort of a, uh, a set piece, this, this school, to give us the bullying, which is your run-of-the-mill bullying from a movie. The bullies themselves are, of course, you've got the main bully and then a couple of toadies. It was nothing we haven't seen before. It was uh, adequate bullying, as you would want from a movie. <laughs> you know, it checked all the boxes of bullying. And the toadies checked all the boxes of toadying. And so you know it's setting you up for later for some revenge or another additional beating to make you really hate the bullies and then revenge or some sort of comeuppance. Which, it's... 
well, how can I say this? The bully gets gets kind of his, his ass kicked and then decides he can't stand the humiliation and he wants to follow the kid to his house and uh, and even the score. And all of a sudden he just gets fed to a vampire. There's not all there's a, just a little bit of back and forth with hey the the crazy nerd friend has a gun. Uh, what the hell's in the shed? Crazy nerd friend has a gun. What the hell's in the shed? Back and forth, back and forth. Oh, like guys on and on. Yeah, and oh, then God, and then yeah. find, just feed him to the fucking vampire, will you? <laughs> I got stuff to do. <laughs> and they do, and then you're like, okay, great. Uh, so now there's that. Uh, the nerdy the nerdy friend who kind of loses it becomes a vampire. When did that happen? I felt like I missed a scene. <laughs> well, I think because he's... And and Eugenia was like, well, just back it up. And I was like, I don't care about that movie this mu- that much. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's instantaneous because he does one of the bullies and he, he just like bites him. And then the next time he steps out of the room, he's a vampire. Yeah, and it's like, what happened to the other vampire? I don't, I don't know. It seemed like there was something unclear there. I had stopped caring at some point. I got, I got to, I got to tell you guys, uh, the biggest problem I have with people who are boarding up their house is when they're too, when they're too dumb to just board up the one door that goes to the upstairs and then not worry. Yeah. You don't, you don't need to board up every window and door of every upstairs bedroom. You just board up the door that goes up to those rooms. They talk and talk about the attic, but then it didn't come in through the attic. Yeah. It came in through a window. Yeah. Um, but for all of its flaws, I got to say, <laughs> okay, let, let me, and I'm not going to apologize for it or defend it that much, but let me say this. There are some Freddy Krueger and some Friday the 13th, I should say Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th movies that are dumb as hell and do a lot dumber things than this movie did and maybe entertain me about as much or maybe less or maybe a little more. So because this is recent, maybe we have a higher expectation for it. Like, like we should all have our lessons and our, our to do's and our to don'ts from old movies. But Um, I've not, Disliked uh, Friday the Thirteenth entry more than this one. No. Uh, yeah. Other than that fake one we watched. <laughs> oh God, yeah. The fan- this one, the hero in this movie, his whole thing is like he can't decide what to do. Yeah. Uh, and it is obviously he's been sent back a year about ten times because they all look about twenty-five in this movie. He's playing a seventeen-year-old. Yeah. yeah. He's got a widow's peak going. Is he's like is he Peter Parker or something? Um, but uh, yeah, they all they all look much too old, and uh, he's he's like he's determined to escape this town like the rest of them. But none of them are uh, like doing anything about it. No. So you're left with him and him and the, his 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 girlfriend in a car at the end. Right. Uh, what are they going to do? They're just going to take off. Neither of them has finished high school. Yeah. Well, yeah, that probably falls in the category of, of these kids who are like, 
yeah, well, when I get out of here, I'm going to go to California. So, right. Then what? Yeah. Then, then, Hollywood. Yeah, then what? <laughs> you didn't think about the then what part of that, did you? No. <laughs> but, okay, so, yeah, the first thing was when I watched the preview, I, I, I looked at the actors and I went, oh, yeah, this is supposed to be high school and they're all at least 25. Can you just set these things at a junior college? You know, that's, yeah, I think Chris Rock said it best when he said like a, a community college or junior college, it's like a disco with books is how he, <laughs> is how he said it. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, basically there's not a whole lot of learning going on. It's just a lot of half-assed trying to do. I don't think you could have had the bullying then. That's the problem, right? Because everybody has to kind of leave that at the door when they go to any college. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 crazy how, how that just when when everyone throws their graduation caps in the air, the bully They should have cast actual uh, you know, high school students. Like uh what was that one with the uh oh, the musical we watched? Somebody in the apocalypse. Is it Anna in the apocalypse? Yeah, Anna in the apocalypse. Yeah. 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 They were mostly age appropriate. Right. Do that. Yeah. How hard is it? <laughs> yeah. They could have had actual high school kids, you know. These guys could have been their, their older siblings. You could use the same cast, but, you know, make them older siblings or neighbors or something. Nah, they all sucked. Get rid of the whole cast. <laughs> Recasting the whole thing with real high school students. The, um, you know. Okay, did you... Also, th- we're not going to show the vampire right away. It's going to be something in the shed, but you don't know what it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, to give that away right away is kind of stupid. Yeah, to give a, to give us the uh, the or, the origin story in the woods as the cold open. Yeah, it deflated any suspense of what was in the shed. Right, that could have been. I mean, this movie had the slightest plot available. Uh, I mean, it was bare minimum. Um, I complained a couple weeks ago about the movie yesterday being too slight for a movie. This was a movie that was too slight for a movie. This could have been a short. This could have been a twenty-minute yeah. short. Sure, could have been great. You yeah. cast real high school students. You make it a little, a little more suspenseful. You don't tell them what's in the shad. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it should have been an easy, easy horror movie, but they they bungled it on so many levels. Did you notice the camera or the lighting in the in the? Uh, photographs on the wall in the house like there were all sorts of things like that little uh just technical issues like who filmed this crap (laughs) (laughs) until i watched the shed which made the shed the vampire shed look like i said an oscar winner (laughs) i gotta say that it it uh for all its flaws I didn't get bored. I got I got a little, you know, a few eye rolls and a, and a you know a little annoyance with it, but I didn't get bored, and I just went with it. Uh, that being said, when you're trying to do 31 days of of horror in in October, 
this is not going to be in my bottom five. I can tell you already that I'm going to come. Well, you, 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 watched, you watched Veronica last week, so. Well, I did. And Will, you should did have. Did you watch Veronica? Did you watch it? <laughs> yeah. Did you watch it, Will? Oh, my God. Have you I seen haven't that? seen it. Oh, oh you. <laughs> I've only seen clips. <laughs> that'll, that'll be the biggest. Um... This is the Danzig one, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm so looking forward to you seeing it. This will be the biggest argument for Three from Hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. But Oh, I saw clips of it. I can believe that it's worse than Three from Hell. But again, not bored with it myself. I well, I got bored with <laughs> I got bored with the last story. Uh I don't know what's wrong with me, man. <laughs> <laughs> some, of this, <laughs> some of this stuff should be more annoying or more uh, rage-inducing than it is. But uh, you're just not hard on movies. I guess know. maybe not. Maybe you know. Maybe I watch too easy going. Yeah, I too many cartoons. You know, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's like I don't. Whereas <laughs> the second shed movie I watched, well, the part of it made me think that maybe cinema should be outlawed. <laughs> oh, yeah. it, it's just it's a bad idea all around yeah no, no more movies no more movies i'm fine with that <laughs> we'll go back to like charcoal drawings and stories around the I, fire you know that's fine uh shadow puppets i don't care something <laughs> anything but movies after seeing the shad all right you guys i'm gonna i'm gonna give you the dissenting opinion first you know, because I always ask that question, like, would you recommend this to a horror fan? Would you recommend this to non-horror fans? I'll tell you what, for October, because non-horror fans don't always know what to look for. They're going to watch that stupid movie with Bette Midler in it. Um, the hell's that thing called? Uh, Rose? The one? No, <laughs> that is horrifying Rainless too. People? Yes, that one. No, the one, <laughs> the, the witches one. Anyway, uh, oh, uh, Hocus Pocus, where she's got like the rat teeth or whatever. It's like people are gonna watch crap like that and whatever. You know what? I I say, give this a shot instead. You know what? Uh, you probably haven't watched as many vampire movies as guys like us, non-horror fans, because it's October. Go ahead and watch the shed. What else are you gonna do? Okay, so I'm going to say that. And then I'm also going to say, horror fans, go ahead and watch The Shed. Because what else are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> you probably won't get bored. This isn't going to blow your mind or open any new horizons to storytelling uh, or ideas for casting the movie you might one day make yourself. Uh, make sure they're all at least 25 if they're playing high school students. <laughs> Uh, I, I think it's got a decent soundtrack. Uh, I forget who did the actual soundtrack, but uh, Bear McCreary is involved in the score. I think he was a producer. I can look that up real quick. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, Bear McCreary, he, uh, he did the last uh, Godzilla movie soundtrack, which was really good. And everything good on The Walking Dead is his music. Okay. And it's awesome. He does a good job. I thought it was a really generic sounding soundtrack. Yeah, yeah it, it is, but it is you know for this this level. I guess that's it, it. It was it was a you know it was quite a lush uh, score. All right, let's see if I could find the 
full cast and crew here. I'll tell you what the music was all about. Are we talking uh, soundtracks? Uh, uh, I was looking up the Texas Chainsaw soundtrack because I've always wanted to. I've always wanted them to bring it out, and I didn't know why it had never been released. But apparently, uh, so Toby Hooper and uh, his buddy, I think Wayne Bellow, um, they did the soundtrack themselves. And it's all music concrete, but they built it into the the movie. There's no separate music oh. track that they can take a soundtrack from. So it's never been released. You can get bits of it um, here and there, but uh, yeah, you, and, until our technology comes along that can take that, separate it out from the rest of the soundtrack, uh, we're not going to get a release. Oh man! Oh man! That's a bummer. That's one of the great horror soundtracks. It's so unsettling. Yeah. I got your music by credit here. It's Sam Ewing, but I believe the the producer was Bear McCrary, like you said. Uh, film editing by Mike Mendez. Which, really? Yeah, which I really dig his stuff. He worked on Tales of Halloween and... Big ass spider, and uh, I have not seen the convent, but uh, he directed that in two thousand. I haven't watched it yet, uh, but yeah, I dig Mike Mendez. I'm surprised that he didn't like give them a little guidance while he was working with them. <clears throat> but that's okay. You know, he was just the editor. They've been called in well after fact. Well, yeah, and he does that. He does film editing as as just a another stream of income. I've heard him actually say that on a podcast. So he, yeah. may, he may have had, I'm sure that's the case of this. He, he had no input on what they shot or probably. Anything. Yeah, probably not. But yeah, I dig, I dig his work. He's, he's cool. And, uh, so guys, uh, as far as recommends, tell me, tell me your thoughts. Mm, I, I think give this a hard pass. Okay. Yeah. I say, I uh, watch a little shop of horrors instead. Yeah. <laughs> And Jack Nicholson was in that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You okay. watch musical, too, and that's better. So there's your, yeah. so there's your tie-in, because you said he's watching The Terror. That's got Nicholson mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. So there's your... Yeah, your, yeah there's your string that holds it together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next time when you guys make a movie like this, don't tell us what's in the shed. And yeah. uh, use some... Or at least not right away. And use some teenagers. Real teenagers. Yeah. Genuine teenagers. Okay. <sighs> All right. Uh, Jolien, did you make any lists yet for uh, yep. recommended viewing? I did. Will, did you do this yet? I have not. That's okay. Um, well, uh, all right. I'll, I'll take a turn. Do it. This week. Yeah. Uh, I thought... Uh, if you're on your own, uh, for, for five movies that uh, really benefit from quiet. Um, okay. So uh, they're, they're pretty obvious choices. Uh, Carnival of Souls, 1962 version. Yeah. The Haunting, 1963. Uh, Bump Here, 1931. Uh, Kaidan, uh, 1965. Uh, and uh, Under the Skin. Uh, 2013. Oh, love Ooh. it. Great, great soundtrack. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Check out some horror movies, which Good really choice. is quiet. 
really use it to build an atmosphere. Yeah. Like a quiet place. Put your phone or your tablet in the other room. <laughs> Don't get distracted with that crap. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, turn the lights off and uh, watch these in a quiet house or apartment and uh, enjoy the classics. That's cool. I'll have my list for next week. I mean, I have it in front of me, but I'll give mine next week. And Or, or Will, if you're ready, you can do yours next week and I'll do mine the week after. Okay. Because you may have uh, you may have something coming up that we will uh, maybe miss you for an episode or two. Yeah, I'm not sure what my uh, what my schedule will be like, um, or how long I'll be in the hospital. I don't remember. They yeah. told me, but uh, yeah. But you know us. We'll be we'll be ready for anything. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll possibly uh, if you're if you're out for a show or two or three, whatever it might be, we maybe we'll bring in a guest as well. Because you know, with Zoom, uh, you could bring in anybody you want. Just the sound is always iffy. What can you do? <laughs> the connection and the sound—you never know what it's going to do. Yeah. Did you guys have anything else before we get out of here? Mm, I don't think so. Do you both have uh, Amazon Prime? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I looked up a bunch of movies that are on Prime that uh, we might want to check out. Okay. Uh, for next time. Yeah. Lay it on us. Uh, well, I thought uh, there's this. Uh, they've got this movie which I used to watch every time it came on TV. Uh, stars Richard Burton. It's called The Medusa Touch. Okay. Okay. Have you seen that one? No. I'm not. But. Oh, well, uh, I, I've not seen it for quite a long time, but I used to watch it a lot when I was a kid, and uh, I always enjoyed it. So, uh, All right. Medusa Touch is on Prime. Okay, cool. Medusa Touch, okay. Sounds good. Anything else on that uh, Prime list that you... Uh, I just wrote down a bunch of things that uh, I wouldn't mind seeing again or I thought you might enjoy. Uh so, uh, yeah, I can, I can give more recommendations. Cool. If you want. Do you, do you want to name a few more? Yeah, uh, they've, got a whole, more. they've got a whole bunch of Argento. Um, All right. Uh, they've got several hammers on there. Um, yeah, I've noticed they've got quite a few hammers on there. Vampire lovers. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, there's another one I used to watch when it, when it came on TV called Ruby. Uh, which is a I think it's 1977. It came out. It's got um, uh, oh, who played the mother in Carrie? Uh, Piper Laurie. Yeah. Um, and uh, but she's uh, she's running this drive-in, and uh, it, I remember it just being a good atmosphere. Uh, I can't remember what happens in it, but uh, it's set this kind of quiet drive-in uh, somewhere uh, uh, and I remember always, always liking liking it but, uh, yeah so uh, that's on there uh, uh, Le Diabolique if, if you've seen Diabolique oh right. yeah that's a, that's a great uh, French thriller mm-hmm. one of the great horror scenes it's not a horror movie but it's one of the great horror scenes ever um, 
so uh, they've got some uh, late period carpenter I, I might check out again because it's free. Um, I've not seen them for a while and I don't remember liking them that much, but I, I'll revisit them. Uh, so they've got vampires and uh, body bags and uh, um, so I might check those out again. Uh, they've got Eaten Alive, which is uh, the Toby Hooper film, yeah. Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. Um, they've got the 77 version of Island of Dr. Moreau. Oh, yeah. With oh. Uh, Lancaster in it. Um, they've got Slugs, which is a gore fest based on a novel by Sean Hudson. Um, I think it's the director of Pieces. I'm not sure. Uh, oh. I can't remember, remember offhand. Uh, they got the Beast Must Die, which is an anarchist werewolf whodunit. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, they got uh, they got some giallo, like uh, the Red Queen kills seven times. Um, yeah, so uh, yes, excellent. I need to check out. There's a uh, uh, the, the one I'm going to watch before next week is called Jacko, and it's uh, I, there's. I've not heard anything good about it, but it's one of those movies that uses clips of John Carradine after his death. Oh, oh, nice. <laughs> oh no! So I, I've got to see it. So it was like Game of Death for for Carradine. Oh yeah, he's, he's he had quite a career after he died. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a there's a uh, Giallo documentary that I I forget the name of it, but um, oh uh, yeah, all the colors of uh, Giallo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm gonna probably uh, watch that. In the it's next quite week. good. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, you, you should watch that. Cool. Uh, they got the Bloodstained Butterfly, which I haven't seen yet. Nice. So I might watch that too. Man, that's a that's a good bunch of recommended viewing. I always like to get those get those things on the list. But uh, Jolien, are you attempting any thirty one days list? Or are you just? Oh no, just, no, no, no! It's just too erratic. Like uh, today, uh, uh, for that project I'm working on. Uh, a couple of scenes they they needed me to do today, so uh, uh, you know that's just going to come up every now and then. Yeah, stop stuff what that, stop what you're doing and draw this. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, stop. Don't sleep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it, I, I can't tell what's going to happen from day to day. Have either of you done any decorating for Halloween yet? No, no. I know there's a few houses that. Uh, you know, been doing it in the neighborhood, but I doubt it's going to be much trick-or-treating this year, so I'm not bothered. Uh, well, we we saw some neighbors uh, when we were out working on the yard, and uh, the woman has a daughter who's probably about nine, and, you know, we were just talking about how, you know, trick-or-treating is going to be a little iffy this year, and I said, well, if you see the big four-foot-tall cats out, that means we have candy. <laughs> just come and trick, just come and trick or treat us. I think you know what I think I'm yeah. gonna do. I'm gonna buy a bunch of that, like the movie candy, like the boxed movie candy that the grocery stores all have. I think I'm gonna buy like ten of those. And if any kids show up, they get not just a full size candy bar, but a big honking box of candy. Why not? Okay. What the hell? You know, give them some good memories <laughs> of of a really kind of weird, crappy year this pandemic has given us. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, before we get out of here, I guess uh, I guess all I could say is I'm going to keep trucking on 31 days for Halloween and uh, do this again next week. 
right. Jolene, I think it's back to you to pick the movie. So do you have anything in mind? Uh, yeah, Medusa Touch. Medusa We're going to do that one? Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right, listeners. Yeah, listeners. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Stay out the more. Stay out of the shed. <laughs> <laughs>